So Halloween is forever, our first ever mini episode. Uh, pretty excited about this one. Not terrifically excited to talk about the movie. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm having like maniacal thoughts right now. Yeah. <laughs> maniacal yeah. laugh, maniacal laugh. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second and what Meg did. And she chose to punish us. I don't know what we've done to deserve it, but um, we are going to uh, jump into that here in a second. But Real quick, before we do, I wanted to uh, explain a little bit about what we're looking to accomplish on this episode. First of all, I uh, hope you got a chance to check out episode number one. Uh, we had an absolute blast recording that and talking about camp slashers. If you haven't saw uh, listened to episode one already, I would suggest you go back and take a, a listen to it, or at the very least, prepare yourself for spoilers abound, um, because what we're going to do... Uh, is we're going to, this is kind of an idea for, for how we're going to do mini episodes moving forward. So we're going to do mini episodes in our off weeks. We're going to do one uh, kind of main episode a month where we pick a big topic and we each pick our, our, uh, our movies to defend and we argue and scream at each other and all that sort of things, just kind of like we did with Camp Slashers. Um, but this episode, um, these mini episodes, we're going to do a couple other fun things, one of which is we're going to pick um, the, the person who, who won, the person whose movie reigns supreme, if you will, in the main episode gets to pick uh, a film, whatever they want, and the other two have to watch it and, and discuss it, right? So, again, spoiler alert if you haven't listened to episode number one, but Meg won <laughs> episode woo, number woo. one. She's Rick one Flair, and, woo oh, time. One and one and oh, undefeated, dirtiest player in the game, uh, the nature boy. <laughs> She That's, won- that wasn't her nickname before. <laughs> no, it was, it was Peckerhead. <laughs> yeah, she earned the nickname "Dirtiest Player in the Game." <laughs> Peckerhead Meg at it again, <laughs> picking just an, ahead, a downright unpleasant film for us to watch, which we'll talk about here in a sec. Um, but before we do that, like I said, she she won episode number one. But um, a couple couple of things. One. If you haven't listened to it already, go ahead and listen. Go go back over there, give it a, give it a, a, a listen, and then tell us what you think. Did we get it right? Did Meg deserve to win? Is she a dirty, rotten cheater? Um, <laughs> you know, uh, was was I unfavorably um, uh, uh, was I persecuted for my choices? I believe that to be the case. Tell me if you agree. Um, and then also drop us a line either on social media, so at uh, Halloween's Forever on Instagram, at Hallow Forever on Twitter. Uh, Halloween's Forever on Facebook, and then if you feel like you want to drop us a line via email, HalloweenIsForeverPod at Gmail, and let us know um, if you got some good ideas for uh, topics for future episodes. Because the first thing that we're going to do here is uh, Steve was so kind as to set up a little kind of spinning wheel for us. We put all of our topics, all of our ideas that, that we've gathered, that we've gathered from social media so far. Some folks have already been weighing in for some of those. And we put them onto a kind of working document that we have. And then Steve put them on this fun wheel. And then we spun them. And we got three options, right? So we have, we have three from our long list of potential topics. And we're going to put this out to uh, all of our friends and listeners on social media. And uh, we want you to pick of these three, 
what you prefer for episode number two. So here's what we came up with. Ready? I don't know if there's a, uh, some sort of really sweet drum roll uh, audio <laughs> in there. Something I don't know to add, the, add some uh, post production. Post production. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is. So here's what we came up with. First, first one I thought was really interesting. Future directors and writers, Steve. This was this was one you came up with. Tell, tell us what tell us what you're looking at with this one. So my thought behind this is not necessarily directors that we think are going to have a big future, but this is more looking at past works. So you have directors like Peter Jackson, who got started with uh, Dead Alive Mm -hmm. and Bad Taste and went on to direct one of the biggest franchises ever in the Lord of the Rings series. Uh, Then you also have like Sam Raimi. And then you're you're seeing something uh, of a similar emergence uh, with uh, there was you see a lot of people get like short films on the internet that get a lot of buzz, a lot of viral views, and they wind up turning into, you know, bigger name directors or they land a bigger studio film from that. Yeah. So, yeah, it just possible. We may be looking at pa- uh, past works, which yeah. is kind of apropos for this episode. No, extremely, <laughs> extremely apropos for this mini. So, which we'll, we'll jump into in a second, but I think that's a rad rad one that's kind of my uh my favorite out of the gate i'm not sure yet we just we just came up with these a few minutes ago so i haven't got it much of a chance to kind of mill it around yet but my second one which uh, i think i came up with i don't remember or maybe meg did religious horror so anything kind of religious themed there's a million different directions we can go in that that's kind of a, one of my favorite subgenres. so tons of opportunity there and then lastly uh love it or hate it Found footage uh, is our third one. So feeling pretty <laughs> mm-hmm. good. I'm a big found footage guy, personally. I, I, I don't like mind Some them. of my I favorite like movies are found footage. You know, I, they can be done well. They can be absolute hot garbage, obviously, just like anything mm-hmm. else. But for whatever reason, they seem to be kind of polarizing. Is that just me? Or does it feel like people, no. some people? Yeah. Yeah, it, when they're when they're good, they can be really good. Mm-hmm. But like when they're bad, they're usually just boring as hell. Right? Yeah, they can be very. They can drag and be very boring. And yeah, when you don't have some of those kind of traditional, you know, plot devices to bounce off of, you know, when it's kind of that found footage setting, I can I can see why. You know, and listen, um, I'm a big Cloverfield guy. And I will absolutely defend that to, <laughs> to the day I die. Um, although I'm not going to pick that one if it comes up. Um, all right. So those are our three choices. So we're going to put those out on social media um, and uh, and vote. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll take a look for that in, in, the, uh, in the coming days here. So cool. Now, that said, let's jump into this. This just real feel-good romp that threw us down here. Do you want to introduce uh, the the movie that you chose? Yes. Holy cow. Uh, So the strange thing about the Johnsons is what I chose. Because when I had to think about this, we were all going back and forth and I kind of narrowed it. I kind of was like, I, maybe I should just throw a curveball and let's do a short film. Let's do really, really something that's going to be like a hard hitter. It's only going to take half hour to watch. and But it will fuck with your head. You, you're going to feel uncomfortable. You're going to feel scared. Holy shit. And this is my favorite summary. A dark domestic horror drama about the ties that bind and the ties that really bind. <laughs> I and saw I don't, that as well. I was like, what in the fuck does that mean? <laughs> Why are you being so cryptic, Ari Aster? Yeah. So written and directed, like 
by Ari Aster, who we now have talked about already, that went on to do Midsummer and Hereditary, which also amazing films. Uh, so yeah, I I really felt like I I thought this was a good movie. Just if because Brian, you hadn't seen it, and I no, was like, this was a first time watch for me. I had heard I was of li- it. I was a little worried that I wouldn't be able to find something you haven't watched. <laughs> no, there's pretty much if you if you go with something that's been made in like the last decade, there's a huge chance I haven't seen it. Uh, but that's not true. I see I watch a lot of like Shutter exclusives and stuff. But yeah, this is one that I I think I like heard about popped up a little bit in some of those lists of like the most like disturbing films of the last decade or whatever. Um, and, and usually those types of films are not necessarily the ones I gravitate towards, but I did, I have seen this, did not know what it was about, just went in blind and, uh, yeah, I feel like I need to take, I feel like I need to take a shower directly and, after. Yeah, 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 <laughs> no, you do. And, and specifically a shower, not a bath. Never a bath. <laughs> Never, Never a bath. A bath. Ever. And don't lock the door. Ever Do not lock again. the door. You've ruined uh, baths for me, Meg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so Steve and I were talking about this film, and we're both like, I think I randomly caught it maybe on a podcast, it, but I had never heard of it before. Like, Steve, you were like, no one talks about this film and I felt the same way because I'm like I've never had a conversation outside of me bringing it up here but it has a lot of actors that have really only done short films or like really small roles in um, like movies so I felt like it was a really cool twist but uh, yeah it is it was I thought it was brilliant as much as I felt really uncomfortable watching it I, I still had this appreciation for what they did. So I don't know if we should break down and give all the spoilers. Of course, that's, I think now our thing is spoil everything. Yeah. Probably should uh, throw a spoiler. If you haven't seen it, yeah, pause it. Go go throw it on. It's only 30 minutes long. If you, if you, if you just want to feel real bad, throw it on real quick for about, (laughs) uh, for about a half hour and cut and come back and check in with us. But yeah, I would say, do you want to, do you want to talk a little bit about just like the, the general themes and uh, overall kind of, uh, plot synopsis maybe, and then we'll kind of dig into it. Yeah. So I think the, even like the opening scene, I think really sets the tone for talking about what the overall theme is, is about things being really taboo. And, you know, you have this really awesome dad who's trying to allow his son to understand that masturbation is okay. Mm-hmm. That's great. You know, have those conversations that no one wants to have when you're dealing with a teenage boy for the first time. But we come to find out that while he's doing this, he's masturbating to his dad. Yeah. And so he has had Not this... what I was expecting. Yeah. <laughs> so threw me for a loop in the first yeah. two minutes of the film. It sets the stage be- that like... We have a son who's obsessed with his dad completely, which I think that's the only flaw to this that it could. The only part that I feel like it could have been longer on is like, how did that kid get to the point where he is now obsessed with his dad? But other Mm -hmm. than that, we're just dealing with a situation. Okay, son's obsessed with his dad. Now we uh, fast forward to 14 years later the son is getting married. He is him and his dad throughout the entire year. And we come to find out that really the son is manipulating his dad. He is gaslighting his dad. He is making it out to be like, he is not in any way, shape fucked up at all. Mm -hmm. And you see that that whole taboo thing comes back into play because at the wedding, 
you know, you notice the mom sees it going on. Like she knows something's always been going on, but she's never talked about it, which goes back kind of almost reverses what his dad talked about. He basically was like, if you talk about things, it's not taboo. But when you don't talk about things, it is taboo. And yeah, so it kind of starts spiraling from there. And, you know, you can tell his dad, like he was such a bright character from the beginning. And then you could see when he was at the wedding, how just like defeated and destroyed of a human being he is like he knows all of this stuff is just wrong and he doesn't know what to do because his son is like almost like this god like powerful figure to him i, I mean yeah. for him yeah. you know those first couple minutes and really the first three scenes are probably really really excellent examples of show don't tell in filmmaking yeah because you you go through the scene where he gets caught masturbating but then it goes to like it just it's a slow zoom in on the photo of his dad mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. like there, there's no announcement it's just like oh you have to put two, one and two together then it cuts to the scene they're taking a family portrait and the son's sitting there he can't keep take his eyes off his dad and he has his hands in his pockets the entire mm-hmm. time yeah yeah you know, so you imagine there's something else going on there and then like meg said as soon as they smash cut to the wedding the dad goes from smiling 14 years later. He has the most dour expression, mm-hmm. like a thousand yard stare while, you know, his son is getting married and everybody else around him is happy. Yeah. So yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's a real great show. Don't tell in a progression of like, uh Oh, something's happened. Yeah. There's, there's almost nothing graphic at all about this movie mm-hmm. really when you look at it, but the performances and, and, and you can definitely see some of those kind of, you know, gleams of, cause this is what's 2011, right? Mm-hmm. So Ari Aster really hit, hit on the scene with, with hereditary in 2018. So, but you can see those kind of little glimmers of, of that like building sense of dread that he's now mm-hmm. famous for coming out in this because yeah, there's nothing graphic at all. It's, it's just the performances. It's just the cinematography. Um, it's just the framing and it makes your imagination do all the heavy lifting, which mm-hmm. is some, sometimes, well, oftentimes way worse. Right. Yeah. Um, and the, so, and the yeah. sound design, the sound design is excellent. Oh, I was going to add that because I think that I aided in that, like designing what you, what's actually happening in this film. I think that that was like the big part of it. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it, I think it's great as a, because it is a short film, right? It's 30 minutes. So you can't right. really, you can't really spend a lot of time setting things up, but he does it in a way where there's no ambiguity. Like, you know, pre, it, it's weird because the, the one, I'm going to say criticism, because it's not a criticism. I think it's just the nature of a short film is it's really surface level what they're trying to do but it does not make it any less effective like they are flipping the common roles of you know more typical sexual abuse relationships uh on their heads right Mm -hmm. so they're they're flipping the the role reversing right in a lot of ways so the the son who's isaiah right he's kind Mm -hmm. of like yeah like meg said the the most effective scene to me was when he on new year's day after you know this like horrific event in the bathroom the dad comes like super effective scene then the dad Mm. comes downstairs and he's like 
sitting down there waiting to just berate him and start mm-hmm. gaslighting him and explain that like it's his fault too and all this stuff is like i don't want to ignore though, though like, like the scene like while you know we know the father is now getting raped by his son mm-hmm. is that the mom like i felt like that like cutting oh, to her my gosh, yeah. just slowly turning everything up i was like i like chills you're just like yeah. holy mm-hmm. cow and it's and that's like a fairly like I said it's it's kind of on the nose because that's a pretty common trope I've seen before in you know films not necessarily horror films just but like any films where you see like some manner of like sexual abuse you see the turn the turn the radio up so you can't hear and you can pretend mm. it's not happening like that's a pretty common trope I feel like but it was done so effectively um, and also like the weird like like what is it like a medical procedural show she's yeah. watching on tv mm-hmm. was clearly like shot for this um and <laughs> it like felt like strangely like a tim and eric sketch like for a second it was yeah very disjointed and disturbing i don't yeah. know but yeah so uh, ari aster actually has like some comedic shorts as well like a lot of his earlier work is also comedic hmm. so that's why like that medical procedural show feels out of place and also the self-help tape which, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That that definitely sticks out. Yeah, which I believe he's actually on the cover as the self uh, and is the voice oh, of the self help guy. Cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, now that you say that, I remember seeing the guy and going, Yeah, that looks like a guy straight out of a Tim and Eric episode. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. So he he has this very disgusting like dark, dark sense of humor as well. Yeah. That yeah, you can see in other films. Um and just another short note about the film is it's actually his thesis film from when he was in the graduate program for the American Film Institute. So it's, yeah. so it's technically a student film that we're watching. So he <laughs> yeah. definitely didn't pass. <laughs> yeah. Hard fail. <laughs> yeah. It was just such an uncomfortable film from be- from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I just, this just occurred to me and I was waiting for you to acknowledge it, Meg, or if this was some sort of like sick fucking joke, but we're going to release this episode the week of father's day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it just occurred to me and I was like, is this a slow, a joke she's slow playing or, or is this just a horrifying coincidence? Um, I think it's a horrifying coincidence, which is just is so perfect. I'm like, happy Father's Day. Oh, I know. Jesus Christ. <laughs> What's he doing? Zaddy. Let's yeah. do this. Yeah, so it's 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 definitely you see a lot of the things, and interestingly enough, like the things that a lot of horror film horror fans think of as like some of the. I don't know, um, like quintessential elements now of like an A24 film. I see mm-hmm. poking out in here as well. Because mm. a lot of times, a lot of people, especially just like, you know, horrors experiencing like quite a resurgence right now, obviously with, you know, Parasite winning, you know, Best Picture and all this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people, I think, think of A24. It's like you're thinking of Ari Aster, yeah. right? Because th- those are the movies that you're thinking of. And, and it's just like, it's it's crazy. Yeah, almost a well, not quite a decade before, seven, eight years before, you see a lot of those things poking, a lot of those sensibilities peeking out. Mm -hmm. I think when you realize that it is Ari Aster, I think like some of the things he did there is like closer to even Midsummer, where it's like that really slow burn. Like, I mean, Hereditary ultimately I think was just like a lot of hit after hit, whereas Midsummer I think was like slow burn, but then it went crazy, you know? Like, so Mm -hmm. I think he has this vibe of like, he likes that slow 
you don't, you know, something's happening, you know, you feel uncomfortable about it the entire time. And then mm-hmm. boom. Yeah. And the sound design reinforces it because mid midsummer, I, I remember watching that going like, if you had a different backing track to this, you could play the scene for a laugh. You know what I mean? And right. I, feel, yeah. I feel like there is some scenes in this film too, that like, like then when they're all standing there, you know, taking the wedding picture, um, I feel like if you would have put like a silly backing track to that, like it could have been played for a weird dark laugh almost, yeah. but like <laughs> yeah, the yeah. sound design, you yeah. just, it made your, it just made your skin crawl. Yeah. And, and, and I think, you know, we're talking about like the resurgence of horror and it's like usually arty horror that people are talking about, mm-hmm. but like a lot of it has a lot of domestic tones to it. Mm-hmm. So like th- this film is all about like what goes on behind closed doors, you know, at night, what people don't see. Uh, hereditary is also very, you know, within the home and same with also, we're talking like get out and, uh, us also very domestic horror of like what happens when people kind of are unmasked by themselves. Yeah, Yeah. totally. And I found it interesting and I don't know if I really have any elaboration, but I feel like this coming out in 2011, like we didn't see a lot of like such a complex, movie structure around like a black family, which, so I feel like it was really before it's time, you know, especially him thinking about like, this is in school, like he was doing it for this program. And I, I just found it to be pretty profound there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, according to the Wikipedia page, he was, he, he, he was just saying like the, the race of the family doesn't matter just because this could happen to anybody. I think it's just an example yeah, of he's yeah. just willing to hire black actors. I just think it's another layer to it because he made that choice. And, you know, I think it takes you out of what you're used. So not only are we not used to always talking about like, incest publicly or like these really behind closed door things that happen but like now we're adding this layer of like we should be talking about it more intersectionally as well and i thought that so that's why i like made that point to say that Mm -hmm. yeah oh yeah for sure because yeah there's always that issue of like you know art can be created but once art is out there it takes on a different uh it takes on its own you know life subjective to the viewer um like we mentioned it and it, it's a lesser point to what you were saying, Meg, but like the, the medical drama, you can read into that a little more if you want, because the entire time the mother is watching it, you hear the back, the doctors in the background screaming for like 70 milligrams, 700 more milligrams. You know, you hear that repeated phrase of mm-hmm. like more milligrams and you could interpret that as like, she's medicated herself mm. to avoid the situations in her home. Oh, totally. I'm glad you pointed that out. I don't know if I don't know if he did that intentionally, though. That could just be yeah. me reading into something. So, like you're saying, Meg, you know, it, reading into the casting of the family creates its own narrative, you know, subjective to the viewers. So, yeah, mm-hmm. just something interesting one, to think about. One other thing I may have read into too much. Um, I noticed this when I was poking around on Wikipedia earlier. Is the father, Sydney, uh, played by Billy Mayo, which was the only actor I really recognized. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I had definitely seen him in things before. Um, he uh, he plays a poet, or he's a writer of some sort, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, he writes, like, novels or something like that. But then, at some point, his uh, Isaiah, the son, refers to him as a poet. He was like, I would mm-hmm. have expected something more eloquent from a poet or something like that. And one of, and I don't remember which one, I think his mother, Ari Aster, one of Ari Aster's parents was a poet. 
Mm. Oh. And I was, yeah, so I thought that was like, is, is there a, I don't know, I can't imagine that's something that, that needs to be read into too much, but I just found I it a little bit interesting. I think that's just him being darkly humorous. Like, he's just yeah, being yeah. gross and upsetting. <laughs> Mom's yeah. gonna watch this. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of what I thought as well. But yeah, I, uh, it was, uh, yeah, oh, oh, one other interesting thing, you know, again, poking around on IMDb and and, uh, and everything. I was looking at everyone out, you know, all the, re- the rest of the, you know, I thought the performances were really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Like, especially the grown-up Isaiah, like, he was just super terrified. Like, oh, he was yeah. just so, so yeah. creepy. The gaslighting scene <sighs> just, like, threw me for a loop. Um, he... Um, he hasn't been in a ton of stuff. He's been in a couple of, of like short films. Um, I think he's does a little bit more uh, stage acting. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Angela Bullock, who is the who is Joan, who is the the wife and mother. She's in a lot a lot of mm-hmm. things actually. She's in a couple of things that are in pre production now. I think, but she I think primarily a stage actor. But um, the the young man who plays young Isaiah, his name's Carlin Jeffrey, I believe. He's now. Um, like a star in a Disney Channel comedy. Oh God! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> which which is Ant? It's called I think it's called Ant Farm, but it's like an acronym A N T, which I have no idea what that stands for. But he also is a rapper, um, and his his rap name is Lil C Note, which I thought was just a terrible I totally rap name. Creep him on uh, Instagram. Yeah. Oh, he's a father. He's a yeah. father. <laughs> well, I was just like, okay. Not not uh, an introductory scene that probably you don't see a lot of <laughs> Disney right. Channel actors going down that path. But uh, uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty wild. Yeah, usually they that do is. the wild stuff after they get out of Disney, not before they I know, get. I was going to say, like, <laughs> do you think when he auditioned for like you know Disney Channel show, he showed them that performance? No, <laughs> no. I think it's probably unlikely. I'm really proud of this. Look at it. I mean, it was a great performance still. I felt yeah, like yeah. even just that pause and being like, Dad, I love you. Well, in the first you know, scene, uh, like, it's just so you, creepy. Uh, of course, and, and this was Ari Aster, like, this is just brilliant the way he did it, is me going in blind, not knowing almost anything about the film. I was scared for the kid. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, in the first scene, you're like, what is happening? This dad is too nice. He's, like, mm-hmm. too understanding. He's taking it. He's, like, kind of hammering it home too much. Is there something else that's going to happen? Really don't want to see. And then, yeah, it just throws you for a loop. Uh, but Yeah, you, so, you, convert, you confuse, like, just suburban, you know, khaki-wearing pants for, like, menacing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Like this guy's too straight laced. He's up to something. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, we're used to like older men being really creepy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you st- you stared at an extra long amount of time that <laughs> when you said that, mate. This is my life. Yeah. Well, um, I you know what? I, it's one of those movies. I very much doubt I'm ever going to watch it again. I'm not unhappy that I watched it. I'm glad I watched it, but it. Um, made me feel real bad mm-hmm. so uh, so i want to thank meg for that you're uh, welcome just coming out so I, I was wondering when i when as i'm watching this i'm thinking is this a film that you know obviously i don't know what's coming that has like a really you know um uh, a really powerful moment or or message which i think it does or is this meg just like you know, willing some sort of just dominance on it. Is this just a, a play where she just <laughs> wants my to... my big dick move. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I'm going to force you to watch this horribly uncomfortable movie. It was a flex. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was a flex. <laughs> well, I, I think it, it's funny. I think because I just 
discovered this movie within the last probably four months. Mm, And so I, I, I'm still a little new to it, but, and, and I just like, when I was thinking about it and I, I don't know what switched, I was like, maybe I should just look up something that again, I was thinking, I was like, what, what bro would Brian have not seen? And let's, let's, what would be something a little off the wall that might be a good conversation. And I think ultimately I was like, I re- I recalled this film and I'm like it made me feel so bad. <laughs> I mean, there's other things that have made me feel more bad, but it, it made me feel real bad. <laughs> yeah, it just ru- it ruined my afternoon. So I'm I hope you're happy. <laughs> um, no, it was it was super interesting. I'm like I said, glad I watched it. Not necessarily something I'm going to throw on in the background while I'm you know on a on a Saturday night, but it was. Uh, it it's was, not one it was of those still- classics that you're like kids. I need you to watch this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not throwing it on like I throw on Demon Wind. You know what I mean? Or, or you know, The Fog. Those are my ones I like comfort movie watches almost. Definitely not going to go into that category. But mm-hmm. um, cool. Any uh, any final thoughts on um, on the film? Um, not really. Uh, just go check it out on YouTube and then also check out, like, see if you can find any Ari Aster's comedy shorts as well. I know one of them's up there. It's called TDK Really Works. So it's pretty I saw bizarre. That on Wikipedia, but yeah, I didn't know that one was on YouTube either. So I'll yeah. check it out. Yeah, that's a good good call out. I forgot to say this. You can see this uh, for free on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just uh, you have to search the name and it'll pop right up. So uh, definitely worth a watch. But you know, just if you really want to ruin your night, yeah, um, be prepared to ruin your day. Yeah. 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 But I also and I also think it's one of those things like like Serbian film comes to mind, which I, we're not going to go into. But like Ooh. it's like one of those things like. <laughs> You should watch it once, maybe. Maybe. I have I have still not watched Serbian film. Don't. I have not. Yeah, I, that's what I keep hearing from people. They're like, you know, when you get those lists of like most disturbing movies, and then some of them, you see them on there like, no, I've watched that. It's not that bad. I've watched that. It's not that bad. Uh, but then when you get to that one, you know, anytime it comes up in conversation, people are like, yeah, you could probably just skip that for the rest of your life. And I that's- feel like if you watch Serbian film and then watch this, you're not going to feel as bad. But like, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. This is just a sidebar note. I watched Serbian film a few years ago, maybe four or three or four years ago. And I was literally fucked up for two weeks. I, yeah. I felt gross thinking about it. I was just like, I can't even this, but it's stuck in my head. I, what, this is so fucked up to, so, traumatized yeah i'm more of like i'm more of like a munchies guy (laughs) (laughs) less less serbian film more like you know munchies or like i said yeah so well thank you thank you guys so much and thank you meg for ruining our afternoon uh that's what i'm here for (laughs) that's what that's what peckerhead meg does she ruins your your fucking day she, um, she no, threw us all into the lake of a strange thing about the Johnsons. <laughs> she really did. Without a, without a floaty. Zero floaties. Zero pool noodles. Um, hey, sink or swim, baby. <laughs> that was a fun. It was a, a super interesting first pick. So um, I am going to make you pay for it. I'm um, so excited. When it, whenever I inevitably assert my dominance in the main show um, and uh, I'm going to pick just something. I already have a couple couple in the hopper. That I'm thinking about. That's um. Mm, you're that's a root. beer term. Nice. The- <laughs> I like it. I like it. Got it. Uh, that I, I was. I, I've, I've given up on podcast terminology. I clearly don't <laughs> know it. Um, well, excellent uh, guys. This was a lot of fun. I would say uh, go check out uh, social media. We're gonna put up a uh, a little post, a little poll, something along those lines. Remember, we're gonna future director, writers, religious horror 
or found footage for episode number two. So um, with that being said, uh, if there's not anything else, thank you again for joining us. For uh, myself, Brian, for, for Meg and Steve, this has been our mini-sode episode number one of the mini-sode episode, um, or whatever you want to call it. So we'll be back at you next week with another mini-sode, and uh, drop us a line on social media if you've got any ideas of what you want us to, to chat about. Right on? Yep. Cool. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>